this week on How To Be 60, cosmetics queen Ruby Hammer, who has perfected the art of self-reflection. And I am nice. Basically, I'm a decent human being. But I did say and do some appalling things at that time, lashing out in my hurt and pain. And you know what? They were in good measure because he needs to know how much that hurt. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. Oh, well, you join us in another dose of uh, uh, How to Be 60. I say dose rather than episode, and Karen and I are in the middle of having a row. So, I mean, just excuse <laughs> us, everybody. Um, no change there. I just asked her if I could have a little bit of help with the podcast, maybe contacting some <laughs> potential guests. And, I mean, you just gave me a complete flea in my ear. Barrage of abuse. Uh-huh. Do you think I don't do anything? Well, you don't do I anything. I turn up here. Well, Is that not good enough? <laughs> No, a little bit of help. a busy life, Kay. What would you like me to do? Just just a bit of a contribution. Why can't you book some guests? I don't even feature in your podcast except to come in, get abused by you, get a couple of questions in, which you usually edit out, and then I'm sent away and told to come back the following week. This is not true. It's pretty much true. Do you think so? Mm. Yeah. Well, why do you keep doing it then? I quite enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you enjoy last week? I have to say I'm still a little bit giddy um, after last week, the Tracy Cox sex expert. I mean, yes. some of that stuff, to be honest, I had never heard of. Had you? There are some times when you think, I'm glad my mum didn't hear that or isn't alive to hear that. You know, she, you know, my mum used to listen to me on Radio Scotland. If she listened to last week's podcast from wherever she is, oh, my God. That would just be mortifying. She, my mum wouldn't have liked it either, actually. Oh, God. You have to pick and choose what would be on the, on the um, telly or the cinema to take, you know, or to sit and watch with them. But, oh, my God. No, not, no, that would have been, no. I just said it was cancelled that week. I was blushing like a nun at a Chippendales concert. I really was. <laughs> I mean, really, really, I was. There was quite it's, a few things I hadn't heard of. It's funny you say that about your mum, actually, and I wasn't even meaning to say this, but... And I, I don't know how to say it without sounding terrible. Um, so your mum's gone, my mum's gone. Uh, and actually, Ruby Hammer is our guest today, MBE, um, of the eponymous Ruby Hammer brand and formerly of Ruby and Millie. And, and I know that Ruby's mum is gone. And so I apologise, Ruby, for listening because I didn't really mean to go down this path. But... Um, <laughs> You know, like before, I was very close with my mum and uh, she was actually very relaxed about these things. But before my mum died, I suppose, well, all of my mum's life is what I mean. I suppose I always edited myself a little bit on television oh, and radio. Not for just, that reason? Not just a bit sexy things, because actually my mum was per perfectly liberal. But there were things that I thought, oh, God, my mum wouldn't particularly like that. Uh -huh. And I wondered at that time when she was alive, will I feel freer Different, yeah. when my mum is gone? Uh -huh. And I felt even guilty allowing that to be in my head. Because I love my mum and I didn't want yeah, her to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But um And and it's just you saying that. So I've never come back to that. Do I feel freer now that my mum is gone? I don't. I don't know if I. I I do, definitely. Do you? I definitely do. And the funny thing is, I think. I mean, it, it's sometimes my friends listen to this, you know, and they'll bring it up when I go out for the dog walk, and I think, oh God, now they know about certain things in my life that I probably wouldn't talk about. Um, and I was going to say something there. Yeah, and then my cousin in Canada uh, told me that he'd put my mum's sister in touch with this podcast. Good God, she's over 90 and she now listens to every episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, Auntie Margie. 
<laughs> and that's kind of like, oh God, we're still, you know. Yeah, no, but the ironic thing is, you know, at our age, well, I'm nearly 60, you're I well past it. it man. No, yeah. no, but your kids probably think the same of you. They probably think, oh, don't tell mum. They're probably embarrassed to say things in case you will will be embarrassed or blush. Well, I know actually that I can't remember whether it was Lisa or Alex was I think it was Lisa actually was listening to some of the podcasts and then I think she had to stop. She said, No, I'm gonna just leave that to you in the podcast. I think it was the one that was, was it about the vibrator? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I thought, oh, poor Lisa. <laughs> she once upon a time she was so proud of me. <laughs> It's gone down. Oh, so that's the way it's going. Now. So it's now. Now I was thinking about our mums. What will our mums <laughs> think about us talking about these things? It's what will our. Ch I have thought about that actually because with Tracy Cox last week, she did introduce us to the concept of pegging, um, which neither of us are particularly familiar with. <laughs> <To Google>. and, <laughs> and I have thought. I mean, Charlie, like my Charlie, who's twenty, the washing up. That's my pegging. I actually said to Ian last night, just out of curiosity, um, he was watching tennis and I was on the computer. I said, do you know what pegging is? And he knows when I'm like trying to catch yeah, him out and yeah. he just stopped and he kind of looked at me at the side of his eye and he went, no. <laughs> He's honest. He said, is it something online? I said, no. He said, is it something sexual? <laughs> and I said, yes. And he said, it doesn't sound very nice. <laughs> and he went back to the tennis. <laughs> Did he sleep in a separate room that night? I think he was fearful. No, for but he life. kept his jogging trousers on, put it that way. <laughs> How was Bonnie's birthday? Did she like the cake? She loved the cake. She loved her cake. And I had to cut it into bits and freeze it because she'd have eaten the whole flaming lot, given half a chance. So she had another little bit this morning. You're telling me she loved the cake. She did. You sent me a picture. It's gorgeous. And just in case anyone's in any doubt, Bonnie is the four-year-old cockapoo. Yes, just turned four. <laughs> and you sent me the picture of Bonnie in front of what looked like a half brick, to be honest, um, with some. That's a loaf tin key. That's a loaf tin. Looked like a half brick to me, with some grated carrot on top mm -hmm. and four candles. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a more miserable looking dog in all my life. That's a cockapoo's face. It's hard it to know not. when they're smiling. That was not a happy the dog. The tail gives away, and I'm sure you could see her tail wagon. I am going to post that picture up there. I've it, already posted it. That dog was saying, "Where did I sign the adoption papers?" It really was. <laughs> she loves her cake. Listen, your birthday's coming up. It's just so is your cake. Yes, I know, but what age will you be? I'm 63 and proud of it. 60, mm -hmm. I, I didn't say you shouldn't and be. And that was slightly defensive. And that was a bit chippy. I think you probably knew how old I am anyway. No, I forget. You're not really well, the most important true. thing in my mind. Forget, forget. Do you know what? Talking about forgetting, I came out, uh, I was running late for coming here today. Um, I suddenly thought, oh God, come to this tin hut and it's always freezing. It brings on even a pee. So I thought, I'll go for a pee before I came here. Too we into the loo. I heard this ding on my phone. I thought, it's a message. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Couldn't find my phone. And I got here. I, have, I still don't know where my phone is. It's down the loo. At, no, I did check. Did you? And it's did not, you put your hand in? No, you can see. <laughs> It can go Obviously right it the had bend. by then. No, I don't know what note be lying there. See, if you had hearing aids like me with Bluetooth, it just rings in the middle of your head. It's fantastic. You never actually physically touch your phone. How are they going? Oh, the I'm hearing loving aids. these hearing aids. They're absolutely fantastic. I have to say, I'm very impressed with the fact yeah. the whole Bluetooth thing. I might get a spare set actually from for my for my birthday coming up. Why? I'm, yeah, I'm You're losing think, things. I'm actually now. thinking of getting a tattoo. But anyway, I'll talk. No, no, no I, I am. To Do you leave your hearing aids in all the time? Do you take them out at I night? I mentioned tattoos, and you want to speak about hearing aids. No, you brought hearing aids up first. I know, but I'd moved on. Right, so you can speak and I don't get a chance to contribute. Right, tattoos. 
<laughs> no, I'll speak about them another week. God. What are you thinking? You might get a tattoo. Yeah. Where? Yeah. But you're not interested. Where? So I'll mark it down. On your buttocks. Well, see, I don't know where to put it. I don't know where and to put it. And what would it be, Kay? Well, I've decided, and going back to my mum, I've decided I'm going to have, for my birthday, over 21. Because that's always what my mum said. She would never say what age she was. She would only ever say Aww, she was over 21. Over 21. That's so that will always remind me of my mum. Yes. And it will be true. And where will it be? In 49 your... years. Is that right? Uh, mm -hmm. 49 years? No. 59, 61, 70. Oh, no. terrible. 39. <laughs> Shocking. God, maybe you've been lying about your age even more. That you're so, actually going to be 70. I don't actually like tattoos. But anyway... So I was somewhere around my wrist, somewhere that's not too painful and somewhere that I can God, cover your up. your wrist would be painful, would you, you not? Think? You've Actually, got no, one, Lisa's, Lisa's got one in her wrist. Ask there, her for me, will you? Was it sore? What was her first one? I think I'll get it under my watch strap. It was in Latin. Um, so you'll get over 21. Yeah. Over 21. Do you think that'll be good? I actually like that. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. Yeah. Might get it on my bum. I'll see. I'll see. That's Nobody would fleshing. see it at all there. Right, email. Nobody. Because I'm looking forward to Not speaking even to, to... No, he would never see it. <laughs> um, looking pants. forward to speaking to Ruby. She's a very successful entrepreneur, by the way. So I, I want some questions about KPIs and MBOs. Okay, can you work on that while I read out some I can podcasts? work on eyeliner because I want to know about that. <sighs> I see you've got the lipstick on. I have. Yeah. Matching jacket. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know what mac. I don't know what jacket that lipstick is matching. Say, I don't know what mac. But it is not the jacket that you're wearing. Yes, it is. It's not. It's not. Ruby will tell us. Your lipstick might match a jacket, but it's not the jacket you're wearing. Thank you. <laughs> Um, Nathan's actually sitting opposite me, sorting his nasal hair out, which is a bit alarming. Anyway, so Janice has been in touch. She says, I don't know which one she was listening to, but she says, yet another fabulous podcast. You never disappoint us with your chat. The banter over apples is hilarious. I cannot believe that Karen wants to know what make they are. Stolen, as Kay said, says you scrumping your apples. She also says, I love your nonsense talking. Oh, oh, Janice. <laughs> nonsense. nonsense, really. Uh, please Civilized keep it chat. up. She's been recovering from a fracture of her spine for the last oh, seven weeks. That sounds weeks. painful. Mm, your podcast is the best medicine ever. Well, I hope you're oh, up and at Janice, really, really soon. Um, and I spoke to a friend of mine at the weekend who said that I've got to let you read out an email. So there you go. Read it. Oh, God. Right. And, and can you put there. something into it? Because you've, you've still got to do your drama audition. So actually, God. let's take this as your audition for your drama group. No, I've not looked at it. Do it in a New York accent, because that's what you've got to do, isn't no. it? I've cancelled that. I'm not doing that anymore. Honest to Why? God, you don't know. I've been through about four different monologues. I'm on, yeah, I've ditched that one. It was too blinking hard. Couldn't do it. All right, but anyway, treat this as an addition. Also, no. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ms. Karen McKenzie reading an email. Hi, Kay and Karen. <laughs> just to see, oh, just like to say, sorry, how much I love listening to you both. I was a podcast virgin before, but I'm now converted getting on well, had fallen behind with some episodes, this is from Margaret by the way, but now bang up to date, have received some funny looks from people at times as though I should be certified for laughing out loud, turned 60 a few weeks ago, had a lovely day with friends and family and agree life is for living, so many people don't have the privilege of reaching this milestone, don't stop when you turn 60k and listen to Karen, she does give good advice, regards Margaret. <laughs> What character were you playing there? Just you upset lunatic. the lunatic. Absolutely. <laughs> that lunatic. was nice, Margaret. Thanks for getting in touch. Oh, my goodness. Let's say hello to Ruby. Hi, Ruby. Hello. Hey, Ruby. Ladies are hilarious. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm supposed to put a muff on so that I don't <laughs> laugh out loud. But, or do I contribute? Oh, I've just been listening. It's hilarious. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for joining us. Um, could you tell us, though, uh, get up to the camera, does this lipstick this camera, yeah. match this jacket? You can't what really see. On? What, what, what did you think you'd put on? <laughs> For Christ's sakes, you're a bit insulting as the last one. Um, it's Mac, Meek, and it's chili. Okay. Chili. Chili is a, is a sort of tomato-y red, isn't it? Got... I would say brownier. Yeah, brownier. Yeah. Yes. Uh, with your... Your jacket looks like it's a neon orange. It's in the same family. Your jacket is a bit brighter and the chilli lipstick is a bit more toned. So it's in the same tone, but your jacket is more vibrant. And Unlike me. That is okay, because it's in the same colour family. One is more vibrant and it's a bit more muted on her lips. Right, now you're just, you're, so <laughs> what are you saying, Ruby? <laughs> I'm saying it, Tonally matches, but not in the same brashness. Right. I don't know if that's a compliment. But you know, I, I am laughing here because I will go into all of this. You know, Ruby, obviously, you have made your name in the cosmetics world and an entrepreneurial world, etc. But at one stage in your life, I believe you wanted to be a diplomat. Can I just say, <laughs> you have not lost those skills <laughs> because that was absolutely perfect. <laughs> See, I don't understand diplomacy and I can't read between the lines. I need it's black and white. Just tell me. Right, it doesn't go, I should have gone darker or lighter or shimmery or uh, what? It Technically, if you wanted to match it exactly, it has to be more brighter. Right, but thanks. Because you've kept it in the same family, you 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 can say, I have, I've tone, you know, tonally, I'm okay. So you, oh, you could be have been an MP as well. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What did you say about diplomacy? You don't get diplomacy. I don't understand it. What a fantastic thing, isn't it? I don't get <laughs> diplomacy. I've never heard anyone say that before in my life. But what, I'm going to allow you one more question to Ruby. What did you want to ask her about eyeliner? And then I promise you, Ruby, we'll not ask you for any more advice. I'm, All right, I'm, I'm going to allow this now because it's going to be cut out. So this will be clean. I just want to know, I, I love no, seeing eyeliner on people. Out, please. We won't cut it out. You Go see, on. I don't wear makeup. I wear lippy and I wear mm -hmm. mascara, but okay. I love to see eyeliner on people. And I've seen eyeliner on you, and it's and it looks like I've I watched my daughter putting on the liquid eyeliner, and it goes on so nicely, and just a little flick up at the side, you know, and this little subtle. I've tried it with a sort of coal or whatever you used to call it. Oh God, one would be thick on one side, and actually all right, the other one would be thin and going off the lid, and. What, what is the best type of eyeliner to wear? And can anyone get off with it, actually? To be, to be honest, the thing about eyeliner is, I, are you, and then you always wear your glasses, do you? I, um, only when I don't lose them, but yeah, more or less. She okay. doesn't always have those thick lenses, though. The, the trick eyeliner is, is actually getting a good one, and I do have a great one in my own brand. But right. you take little nano steps. So before you get to a liquid, it's almost as though... You could just do, you need to sort of, because you're saying you're getting one thicker, one thinner, you need to map it out. So you could do that with a with a brown pencil or a brown eyeshadow, just to sort of, with a Q-tip, map it along as this. You go along your upper lashes, as close to the lashes as possible, get to the end, and then pause. What people do is they think there's some skill in getting it all done in one go. I'm an expert still don't do it 
in one fluid movement. I still wrap it out, get there, tilt it upwards, no dragging your eye, pulling it, squinting, all of that. Look straight in the mirror, the way it's going to be. So that's the way your eyes are. And then I take a tiny tilt, put a tiny little bit, and then just join the two together. Keep some Q-tips on hand, because you can, if you do a slightly thicker one, Q-tip while the liner is still wet, you can just tilt it up, thin it down, and just breathe. Don't hold your breath. Steady your elbows so your hands are firm. Or tuck it into your body so that mm -hmm. it's not wobbling, it's not doing all that. It's a good idea, actually. I know. This you know? Just yeah. relax. Physio exercises, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, tell relax. you what, you do it in practice, and then we'll send it to Ruby and see if you've got it right. <laughs> because there's, yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of... I'm curious. And little. You can always add more. It just needs a tiny tilt. And the tilt, because... I dare I say, as we get older, our eyelids do come down. Oh, so I know. Use, use not the upper lash as your guideline, but the, the line that's your lower lash that's going to go like that. Do you get that? No. No, see, so under your, your lower part of your eye. eye, so if you would think of continuing that up rather than the upper part of your oh, eye, God. which is collapsing slightly. Right. Thank so, you. Thank so you, you for it. So you do the whole of your upper eye. Until right, you yeah. The end Aye. and then you stop and then like it was explained you then use the lower diagonal lower lash line got you and then it will tilt up it won't if you follow you know because it could be going it's down clever. you do that you look with the other eye you've tilted your face it's no balance so right, right. Oh, eye as that slant and it's always black you no, only allowed one question. There's some there's brown, there's greys, there's a bit of navy, whatever. Practice, I mean, black is the one that gives you the most definition and strength. But a lovely chocolate brown would be gorgeous on you and your hair colour. Mm, Thank you, you Ruby. Oh, well, it's really nice speech because I won't get to ask any more questions now. So <laughs> thanks for that. I'm, I might just be off. No, I'm going to sit here and listen. Thank you. Well, can I ask you, how, where did your love of makeup come from? Because you studied economics at university, yeah? I did, I did. But my my mum had me when I was when she was 17. So she was a very young mum. And all during the 60s, we were in Africa, in Nigeria, but she kept up with all the trends. So it was, you know, the eyeliner, the double lashes, the doing your brows, glitter, white, whatever. She had a wig stand on that short hair, ringlets, curls, put this up, put this down. So I was just fascinated by my mother, who was a house, you know, housewife during the day, and then as soon as she'd had her shower or we'd had dinner or something, a, a cocktail party or somewhere to go to or guests at home, this woman would transform herself with the power of makeup, just how she smelled, how she looked, and I'd be like, oh, my God, my mum's a Bollywood movie star. And that's where that love and passion comes from, because I could see she was a mum of three. By 21, she'd had all three of us. Wow. So she's busy mum, didn't stop her doing her work, but then she'd just transform. And that power has stayed with me. That love has stayed with me. That desire to experiment has, has stayed with me. And I'm now I've taken it into a formal, different level. Mm. The yeah. love is from her to begin with. 
those are such, you know, powerful influences when you're young, particularly if you've got a very close relationship with, with a parent. It doesn't have to be your yeah. mum, I don't suppose. You yeah. know, I mean, it's a kind of magic, isn't it, that they cast it over is, you? It is, because she would, if she was leaving, she'd come to give us a kiss and I could smell her as well as look up at her. Uh-huh. And then this time it'd be a small wiggle. This one is all scraped up and it's just everything about that and I thought how wonderful because my father was the reverse he was a very handsome man but he used to wear white in the summer and darker colors in the winter he only used paired pear soap transparent soap to wash with no deodorant no aftershave none of that he just used to smell clean his hair's one way tortoiseshell glasses just clean brush his teeth wash with this and that was it and then he just looked the same to me. And I mm. loved him. I adored him. But he looked the same. Whereas my mum, who I also adored and loved, but she could have this twisted, one minute she's slick, one minute she's strong, one minute she's soft, one minute she's, you know. I love that, that, that women could have that and not change who they are within, but just allow them a bit of fun, a bit of fashion. You know, I love that. I love that. I mean, it really determined then the path of your life then that, because if you were going to study economics, as I say, I think you considered, I don't know whether it was diplomacy, you were going to work for the UN, you were going to do something. Oh, I was going to study medicine. My father oh, was medicine. A, I was going to, I was, wanted to be like him. I was going to be Ahmed and Ahmed and I was going to walk behind him in my white coat, you know, my arms behind and senior Ahmed, junior Ahmed, all that kind of thing. But when I came to this country and I'm starting to do my O-levels, the only science subject I loved was biology. I was no good at chemistry or physics. So I was like, Dad, I don't really think I'm going to ever become a doctor. I'm not bright enough. So I went into the social sciences and economics and history and English literature, English language. I've got a lot of O-levels, a lot of A-levels. I've gone to university, but it meant it changed. I wasn't going to be science. It was a social science. And I thought... If I do English, I'm just going to end up being a professor somewhere. I love to teach English. History, same. I thought economics, I could actually get into the United Nations. My aunt used to work for the United Nations in New York. I could do that. Or I could work in the diplomatic corps, which, funnily enough, has similar things to what I do now, you know, or in my career. So you meet people, you travel. You do have to practice a little bit of diplomacy when it's appropriate. <laughs> and, and that love of people, travel, different situations, looking at it, being bold, changing, and still a bit of a creative element, you know. So there are things that would have, I could have done that too, I think. But this just by fluke took me to a different way of my life. And I'm so grateful and blessed that I have done or been involved in a career that pays me has made my livelihood I've gained a lot from it that I just love I don't do that like I think oh god I've just got to put bread on the table I actually do earn a living from something I have such an innate passion for Mm. I'm very grateful I'm very blessed that discussion that Karen and I were having earlier about um feeling a sense of freedom when your parents are gone. I'm sensitive about saying that to anyone that I don't know very well because I know it can sound awful. Um, and, and I know that you were so close to your mum and you nursed your mum, didn't you, before she, she died? 
adored my mom. Absolutely adored my mom. And the funny thing is, anyone who knows me, and you will know from even from the hour that we're going to be done with this, I don't really have a filter. If I don't feel it, I'll find a way of diplomatically getting my point <laughs> across. But you don't have to be rude and you don't have to be nasty and you don't have to you don't have to be a coward either. So I've never had a filter. So with my mum, she gave us that aura of confidence. You could say whatever you want. So I never filtered it, but I have got a bit of a poo mouth. And my mum would always say to me, I do wish, because you're such an educated, accomplished young lady, why do you swear so much? And I'm like, mum, it just comes out. I'm not swearing at someone. It just comes out. They're a bunch of useless toppers. <laughs> oh, my God, what a girl. You know, it comes out. So I didn't filter myself, even from my mum. And I know that when I was a teenager and we'd first come to this country, and I remember we were at the greengrocers, and she said, Ruby, Ruby, what does this word mean? And she said, the, the guy was talking to somebody else and he was calling his assistant a wanker. What does that mean? And I said, it means one who masturbates, all right, mum? <laughs> <laughs> so even like that, there'd be swear words that she didn't understand and she'd say, and I would explain to her in that way. <laughs> and I, so I didn't have a filter and my the I could swear, I could say what I want, I called a spade a spade and mum knew that that was okay. It didn't attract, so I didn't have that liberate oh my god I can be who I really am I was always able to be who I was in front of mom which is really good so how is life now at 61 then I've seen you described as a dynamo is that how you see yourself do you know what it's quite nice that people see me like that it's not always the perception you have of yourself but I know I am a firecracker I am a fire sign I'm Sagittarius I You've heard I don't filter things. It's nice because if, if they think I'm a dynamo, there's a bit of energy associated with that. It means I'm not flat. I'm not a balloon that's listless, you know, it's got no oomph to it. So I'll take that and say thank you very much. And where do you get your joy from now? I think I was blessed with it by having parents that gave me that total unconditional love that cocooned me through all life circumstances and it's not like it's, it's making me go a bit choked up when I'm thinking again what they gave me and I was lucky enough to have it because not everyone has that but where, wherever that source can come from I have that and I use that so it doesn't mean I don't get down it doesn't mean adversity hasn't hit me it doesn't mean I've not been divorced I've lost both my parents I've had you know, there's ups and downs in our careers. There's all kinds of things you've seen. I've been in two civil wars physically. In the Nigerian civil war, I was born in Nigeria and Africa when I was younger. In the Bangladesh civil war between East and West Pakistan, I've witnessed it myself. So it's not that I, I'm mollycoddled, but that little bit of cocooning they gave me has given me the armour to to just rise to any challenge. It's, it's funny, um, I 
I'm like you in that I, I believe myself that I was very blessed with my parents uh, who are now both gone as well. But I mean, I had that complete and unconditional love and support and uh, you're the best thing since sliced bread. Maybe too much, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and as I get older, I more and more acknowledge that as the greatest gift you can possibly have. Um, and I probably didn't appreciate it as much when, when I was younger because you're more wrapped up in in carving out this life for yourself and, you know, your next step, et cetera, et cetera. But once you kind of get past that, you know, in recent years, I come back to it again and again. That is the, to me, that is the greatest gift. It, I'm telling you, and, and I hope, I really hope I've tried to give that to my only child Rina, you know, I, I hope so. But me and her dad did split up after 15 years of marriage and there must be somewhere where she must have felt, oh, my God, is it because of me? Some, You know, whatever it is, my parents never split up. You know, one, one, my mother buried my father and then seven years later she joined him because she bought the little plot of uh, graveyard uh, piece next to his. You know, So did mine. You know, and it is amazing. That I all I can hope for is that I hope I've given even a tiny bit of that to my daughter because she needs to know. I was doing a little bit of um, reading about you, uh, Ruby, and obviously, <laughs> you know, you chose to go into to makeup, and you know, you you became a very very celebrated makeup artist, and then you've obviously got a real entrepreneurial streak, and uh, so you set up Ruby and Millie as, as a brand, very inclusive brand, which was, um, you know, quite unique at that time. So you had a glittering career, um, and then it was your early forties, wasn't it? You know yeah. that you divorced. That was. Would you say that was the first major bump in your road? Major bump in your road. The divorce was the first time where it just knocks you for six because it makes you question your judgment. What did you do wrong? Because you know that there is two of you in this marriage. It's not just all his fault. I had to take uh, responsibility for my part in the breakup of this marriage and then know that there were, it was particularly bitter and there was a third party involved. So that, puts another twist to it. It's not like you've just grown apart. Somebody has actually put a wedge in there and, and your husband who thought you were the greatest thing now suddenly thinks somebody else is better than you and you're a bit balmy and you're a bit, you're not all there and you're not this and it questions everything. And it was at the same time as Ruby and Millie's coming up and you're putting all your energy into that and then this, you know, so it's like one thing is blossoming at rapid speed and the other thing is just smashing down quicker than one of those NASA things that are hitting the planet and coming in and it's shattering in every little bit everywhere. So yes, it was because it questioned everything about what you believed in and people and trust and yourself and friends and people going to different camps or people you know all kinds of things reared its head good things and bad things and now I look at it and I think it was a lesson it was a lesson for my growth because us as human beings nobody actually grows in a period of just bliss and prosperity you don't it's when you've got a really knuckle under when you're the one that when it shit hits the fan and you've got to look at yourself and what am I actually made of? How am I going to address this thing that's facing me? Um, shows you a lot about yourself. I learned and taken that from it. So, yeah, 
yeah, it did knock me. So that was the first bit because I'd left, I'd never had to, I was married very young, at 24. So I, I went from my parents' home to my husband's home. Never had an accountant or a lawyer or anybody like that. But when it came to divorce, you've got to address this in a legal format. So I have to go and find someone that isn't his lawyer or his accountant because there's conflict of interest. There's actually knowing, oh, I've got to live on my own now and I've got to do this by myself and account for this and do And still, I was a parent. Mm. I had somebody that I've got to live for, even if I don't feel like it. I've got my parents, I've got friends, I've actually got a career. All these kind of things. So, yes, that was the first big knock. And then later you realise when I lost my parents later, there was even bigger knocks. But because you've learned from here... It, it gives you the tools. Do you still have a friendship with you, with George, with your first husband? Yes, you have to. If you have a child with someone, I mean, if we didn't have children, when I was bitter angry right at the beginning, oh, my God, I used to think, oh, my God, if you were freaking dead, I wouldn't have to see your face again. You know, if we didn't have any children, I'd never have to deal with you. But the parent side of you realises, I can't do that. And this is, it's her dad. It's whatever you can rant at him. He's an adult. He's done it to her. Well, what's she done? So you can't do that to her. So you have to, you're a parent first. He's, he's good. We're fine now. And he probably thinks he's, nothing's wrong. We're all 100% on one because he's realised what I was. It was very painful for me. And I was very bitter and I was very angry and upset. And so at that time, he must have thought I was a loony. But... I'm not like that anymore. And mm -hmm. I hope he realises it's because it was how hurtful he had been or the situation was. Mm -hmm. Now I don't need to be. It's fine. Yeah. It's funny. I, I just, I have never had that experience in my life. You might have had it, Karen. That, and obviously so many people have relationships, breakups, divorce. I mean, I've been with my partner for, for 30 years. We're just yeah. meh. We're just meh with each other. I'm only kidding. <laughs> um, but I've never had that experience of going from love to what feels like hate you know, that incredible swing. It was almost the other side of that love, but it's also, <laughs> it's also betrayal, letting your, you know, down. It's not as though you've, it's many, many, many aspects of, of a relation, you know, because I've obviously had boyfriends and I've split up with them and they've hurt, but it wasn't like this because he was the first man I slept with. He's the man I married. He's the father of my child. He was my business partner. He then betrayed the business myself and this and everything about what you thought. I thought, oh, we're just going to be, however, if you take someone for granted a little bit, which I did, you think, oh, we're going to be like this when we're 80, we're going to be in our rocking chair. It's going to be like this. It's, and then it's never going to be. And so, yes, and I'm sure you're not just tolerating each other. You're after <laughs> Years. there's good things there that keeps you there together I'm with my present husband and we've been together 18 years so longer than I had been married and yes. now you have to take those lessons and it means I do not take Martin for granted I learned that lesson never never take somebody for granted even out of love so you think maybe you did take your first husband for granted I probably did yes and I because I just thought oh we're going to be here forever so when somebody flatters him and his head turns, or he, I think he went through a bit of a midlife crisis too, whatever the reason, a third party can, I've analysed that now, they can only come in when the unit isn't strong. And we were obviously not strong. It's not just all his fault. I was obviously not giving him what he needed. 
and he got what he wanted, but that ended up betraying and knocking me for what, you know, for I was still the same person because I was young when he got, we did get married and then I was in my late 40s, mm. mid 40s when the divorce comes. So I did change. He didn't change. I did change. How long did it take you to work all that through and get to that point of reflection and some kind of reconciliation with yourself, not so much with him, but with not yourself? Two years, I'll tell you that now, because you're in rage and there's constant things being flung at you, shown at you, doing this, you know, reflecting my business, my home, I have to leave the home because he's pleading poverty and he's a he's an entrepreneur, he's got, I'm a, you know, I'm at my door's death stores, I've got no money and yet he's just gone and bought a boat and it's parked in capped for our, you know, huge boat that I've never set foot in, I've never been with a boat, you know, like, these kind of things. So there's a lot of anger in the beginning and I did have therapy first and only time in my life and it helped that helps because it your parents give you that support and they gave me the love and they showed me whatever you decide we're with you you stay with him or you leave him or you don't or whatever but it took a while because good few years and to totally forgive you know like I've forgiven him now I've never forgot I've never forgotten that and I don't think I ever will forget because you need those lessons. But you must forgive because it's for your for your own self-healing and to chuck the rubbish out of from you because it kills you inside. You need to get rid of that. And um, and now we're on not just civil, cordial, very good relations. You know, it's fine. It's absolutely it, fine. It's a hell of a journey, isn't it? Oh, God, it's rough. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Do you relate to it? I, I can actually but more probably the fact that I've maybe done the hurting more, although I have been hurt and the anger, but I think it was more my ego <laughs> that hurt because I wasn't married to, you know, somebody I was going out with them and they, uh, they had an affair with somebody else. And I just, yeah, I was, I was angry and hurt oh, I, and just, just personally. took it personally <laughs> so yeah. you would do. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, so you see, you have to forgive yourself as well. You have to forgive yourself because you can't help how you felt. You felt that hurt. You felt that upset. I've had to forgive myself as well, not just forgive him. I've had to forgive myself for my shortcomings, my taking so long and try to forgive, <laughs> truly forgive. So you've got to be kind to yourself as you would to your best friend because we are, we're very, we love our friends. We, we see all sides of them. That's why we love them. They're, that's why you're friends. It doesn't mean you're blind to their shortcomings, but you still love them. That's, that's why they're your mates. So you have to do that to yourself sometimes. And and I look at that and I think, God, people think I'm so nice. Well, sorry, I'm just saying like that. They think, <laughs> and well, I am nice. Basically, I'm a decent human being, but I did say and do some appalling things at that time lashing out in my hurt and pain but you know what they were in good measure because he needs to know how much that hurt and if I hadn't lashed out that way they thought oh it's all very civil and you're all right yeah all right no, no, no harm done there then no harm was done you did it to me and I lashed out back and in doing that I did hurt it's not like I didn't hurt of course I hurt mm. but forgiveness so for everybody you have to learn the process not just one person 
So you're saying, you, you, I mean, you're married again and, and, you know, you've been married longer. Um, but did well, you go into... 10, 12 years, but we were together, you know, six years before that. And I didn't want to get married because I was like, oh, gosh, he's, a, he's younger than me. Martin, my husband, is younger than me by 10 years. George, my husband, was older than me 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I don't have a biological clock ticking away. I don't need a man to put a roof over your head or do this or do that. I do need the companion. We've got everything, but it was really important to him to get married. And it was, again, my late mum saying, well, if it's only a bit of paper, why don't we do it for him? Because it means that much to him. And I'm glad I did, actually, because now with the lessons I'd learned, and I said, she said, if you really love him on paper, that, that other marriage should have worked out. There's no guarantees in this life, Ruby. There's no guarantees. So you've just got to take it as what it is now and go with that. And I thought, okay, well, I'll do it. And it was a wonderful, flamboyant wedding. It was lovely in every way. And do you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> Did the age bother you? I mean, it's interesting that you, your first husband was 10 years older mm -hmm. and your husband now is 10 years younger. Does it make any difference? I think, again, I'm lucky that my, uh, my outer appearance doesn't belie the age you know and he's gone a bit he's gone a lot grayer his hair's gone white his beard is all gray and sometimes he will look in the bathroom cabinet because you've got all sorts of unctions and portions can I try some of that and go no you're not allowed you get as rich as you're going to get because then we match <laughs> and he goes can I not have that I'm like no no you can't have it so with time I think I was a bit scared in the beginning because I saw the reality I thought for men it doesn't matter However, they could be a 90-year-old dog with this 18-year-old is fine. People go, oh, she's only with him for the money or whatever. That's what he's got there. The reverse, it doesn't matter how beautiful, how accomplished, how decent, how whatever the woman is, there's always a little tilt to, mm. to that man. And that's a reality. That's, a, that's just real. I'm not trying to fight against it or that. And I used to think, all right, well, thank God when we're together, I've got a youthful spirit, not that, and he's got a mature spirit. He's very boyish and very youthful in, in, in his outlook as well. But we match that we're together. I don't look like I'm a grandma and I'm stealing this boy from school. It's not that. But mm. there is a little bit of self-consciousness. And with time, I've realised, now we're just how we are and that's how it is, what we're going to do. And how do you feel about the ageing process generally? How do you feel being 61? I I think getting older is a blessing. My mum didn't have that choice. You know, lots of people didn't. So I don't look at it as I've got to fight this process. It's part of nature. Nobody has it that easy in this life. Nobody has it that bad in this life. We're, we're all got elements of something and it comes out in a different way and the older you are I think the more you realize that that no one is shielded your mm. good looks your wealth your your fame your this your power eventually doesn't shield you we are human you know like whether you're Putin out there powerful as you are like a loony that you are would that, does that stop you one day? They're saying he's ill, he's got something. It, 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 we all have to be the best thing we possibly can. And it's all right to fail, but at least try and know that 
that is what we'll get through mm. on this planet and on the other side and whatever legacy you leave because mm. we're all going to leave we're going to leave we are indeed the cycle of the circle of, of life um listen we just play a little game called big six so bingo at this point Number 48, Karen. Mm. Are you lusty? Lusty? Yeah. Lust. You know that lusty thing? Lusty for lust. life or lusty in the sexual no, way? No, in the sexual way. Well, I think since the menopause, my libido has taken a bit of a bashing, so I'm not as lusty as I used to be, and I'm hoping I can get that back. <laughs> Good on you. Well, listen to last week's podcast. <laughs> and... I know. I'll to buy a few books. <laughs> Tracy Cox, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> What's the next one? 43. All right, 43. Right. If you could have a million pounds and another 10 years of life or another 20 years and no cash, which would it be? Oh, my God. God, I'd have 10 years of life with a bit of money. Uh Would you? Yes, because I'm 60, another 10 years, 70. Even when I was young, I used to think, I don't want to be all really old and decrepit and hurt and be a burden to someone. I just like to do whatever and it's a good life and then I can go and leave something nice. I think that's a good answer. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't need to live another twenty years, and really, it's hard, and mm. I'm then burdened to the state, which can't look after me because we've seen the national health mm. burden to the government that they can't do anything for me. I've got no money, so I who's going to be caring? Who's going to be like, no, 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 no? I'd rather no, you're have right. ten years, all right, and then let's just go like that. It's mm-hmm. fine. Ten years and a million quid a year to spend. Happy days. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's better for me. That's better for me. Oh, Ruby, thank you so much uh, for spending you, time with it's us. Wonderful, wonderful. I loved this podcast. Thank you for oh, having me. And I can't you. wait. I'm, I think so. Is it last week's one I've got to catch about how to be lusty? Yes, um, and you. you can just drop into the breakfast conversation with your husband pegging and just see what he does. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And I'm off to buy some eyeliner. <laughs> oh, yeah, eyeliner. Cool. All right, then. Thanks, Ruby. Bye. Thank you, Ruby. Bye. Bye. Nice to meet Bye. you. That's it from us. Drop us an email if anything in there struck a chord. It's podcast at howtobe60.com. And just generally let us know how you are tackling life and the big 6-0. Next week, Olympian Fatima Whitbread, who remarkably says that she regrets nothing in life, not even being abandoned as a baby.